Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chronic Pain and Paranoia. It's us. We missed you last week. <laughs> um, some unexpected things happened. Recording just wasn't a thing. No. It's fine. But we're back. No one was listening to the podcast during the holidays anyway. With peace and love, we get it. It's totally fine. But you have a lot to get caught up on, so get to it. Woohoo! Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> There's some goodies in there. There is. We've been kind of killing it lately, not gonna lie. Yeah, and if you don't agree with us, go listen away. anyways. <laughs> and we might sound a little different this week. We just switched to two mic setup. Hopefully, you won't hear us wrestling around with the mics too much because we're just holding them. Yeah. Give us feedback. Let us know how you like it. Yeah. And if you don't really like it. it's really close to my face, so hopefully you don't hear my mouth sounds. I would die. I'm already embarrassed knowing that you can hear me breathe, so. Me too. I'm gonna breathe this way. It's fine. Maybe we need to get socks for them. We do, and I thought about it. I just didn't do anything about it. Yeah, we'll look into that. Anyway, so the theme for this week, the word that the word generator gave us was monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll warn you right now, I'm taking heavy liberties. We both did a little bit of a jump, so it's okay. You kind of have to with yeah. stuff like this if you're if you want to talk about anything cool. Mm-hmm. Because I could have talked about things that were not cool, so. Yeah. You're welcome. Anyway, Emily, how would you rate your pain today? <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you roll that again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, Emily, how would you rate your pain today? I would rate my pain. I feel like. It sounds like I have a gun to your head. <laughs> you do have a gun to my head. I forgot. But I'm looking at this little ghost on my wall and I feel like him. He's just a chubby little ghost living his life. But he's a little dusty because he's, he's been up a there a while. Dusty. Yeah, I feel that. Do your bones feel dusty? Yeah, I feel like a ghost. Gotcha. A dusty ghost on the wall. I'm just tired. I don't yeah, even know, I man. It's been a week already. Mm-hmm. Well, um, for me, me and, me and Chris recently started watching um, Markiplier's gameplay of Security Breach again. <gasps> I love that. Because it's so funny. There's so many bugs in the game. It's And he just mm-hmm. is screaming the whole time. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But there was this one part where he could tell he's moving through the game where a monster was going to be chasing him. He's like, oh no, I hope there's not a monster behind me going to chew my bones. <laughs> I felt like a monster chewed my bones. Exactly like that. Yes. Also, as a side note, did you see his mom playing Sister Location? I saw it on um, his page and mm-hmm. I was like, Mark, that's mean. <laughs> Bryce and I just watched it last night and we were, I was cackling. I jump scared and then I dropped the phone on my face because we were oh. laying down because <laughs> we watch YouTube to fall asleep. Mm. And so I was sitting there and I like jump scared and dropped it and screamed. Ow, and Emily. I was that just hurts. scared. It's okay though. So I totally get the bone chewing reference and also that's painful. Yeah. My back is real bad recently. Mm-hmm. It feels so weird. But yeah. It was really good imagery for you today. Yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> also, go watch Markiplier after this. He's yeah, great. He's good. Okay, we're going to get into our disclaimer and get started. This is a long intro. This podcast contains sensitive material such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics, so listener discretion is advised. While we do all of our research... Whoa. While we do research all of our videos... Oh my gosh. It's okay. They're making noise out there anyways. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emilys with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be linked in the show notes. Maybe I might just tell you verbally. I'm sorry. That's what I do, so it's okay. Spooky intro. Who's going first? Um, Mine's going to be long. I don't even remember what we did last time. I think I went first. Okay, then I'll go first. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, Emily, what's our word again? Monstrous. Monstrous. I don't know why I have a hard time pronouncing that word. 
I've forgotten it many times, and we chose it, like, yesterday. Shh. We, we chose it way beforehand, don't worry. We totally did. We're having a hard time, Listen, ladies and gentlemen. This 2023 is a new year. Yeah. I had to it's have my not, first psychotic not a new break. me. That's for sure. <laughs> no. I'm even worse than past me now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, I thought of, like, monsters. That's where my brain went. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite want to go cryptid because there wasn't one that I absolutely wanted to look up. For sure, yeah. So, I thought of Monster House. Um, it's like a 2006 movie. Really that, bad graphics. That movie scared me so bad when I was a kid just purely because it was so hardcore on Candy Valley. Yeah. Like, they don't look good, but they look like people. It's it's kind of like Polar Express. Yes, but worse somehow. But worse because yeah. the graphics are worse. It's like blocky, like someone made it in like a. And it's just like freaked me out. I don't know why. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. The monster house, well, and like the old man that lives in the monster house. Yeah, and then he like died. And then he died, and then they found his spoiler, dead wife in the basement. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's where I just watched that. (laughs) I don't know. I watched a lot of movies. Um, Jurassic Park. I don't think they knew. Ghostbusters. I was really just out here living my best life. But my siblings are like nine years older than I am. Yeah. So, well, six. Peace and love of luck because I know you don't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, yes, Monster House. And so I was like, what's the spookiest house I can think of? And then I was like, well, what's the biggest spookiest house I can think of? And I landed on Castles. Okay. So I went with the Edinburgh Castle in Scotland. Okay, that sounds super familiar. Mm-hmm. Like, super familiar. It's like, um, Edinburgh is the... Oh my goodness, I can't think of the word. Capital? Capital, yeah. Okay. Something like that. Mm, yeah. It's but, like a, it's a bigger, um, city, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then Scotland. Okay. The castle's like one of the most haunted places in the whole world supposedly oh. um i want to go to scotland i want to go to this castle specifically can we go edinburgh is supposed to be like one of the most haunted like the whole city is supposed to be haunted we need to do podcast locations i want to so bad let's go to scotland first okay <laughs> in uh, like five years okay fine we can do like lost dutchman park or something yeah there's ghost towns and stuff here yeah, whatever those anyway. are. Anyways, um, so I'm going to give you a bit of history about the castle first. Um, so Edinburgh Castle is a historic castle in Edinburgh, um, Edinburgh, Scotland. It stands on Castle Rock, which has been occupied by humans since at least the Iron Age. Although the That's early, a long time. Yeah, although the early settlement is unclear, so like they don't know exactly... How long it's been standing? Interesting. So, like, that's, like, Anglo-Saxon times. It's way back there. Like, and that's just, like, the that's most... That's, like, when Beowulf came out. <laughs> Fresh off the printing press. Did they have a printing press yet? Probably not. Probably not. They just had some guy in the basement doing everything by hand. Going blind by candlelight. Yeah. Because they all had scarlet fever. <laughs> or the bubonic plague oh my gosh that too anyway it'll all make you go blind don't worry um there's been a royal castle on the there's been a royal castle on the rock since at least the reign of david the first in the 12th century and the site continues to be royal um until 1633 from the 15th century the site continued to be a royal well i can't read anymore The castle's residential role declined, and by the 17th century, it was principally used as military barracks with a large garrison. Okay. So, most of its history is, um, dark. Seems like it. It's got, like, all the good medieval, you know, tortures and kings, queens, um... And it was mostly used as military after that point. So a lot of people died in there, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think... In and around. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere they said it's, like, the most, um, sieged castle in history. Or something like that. Because... That sucks. Yeah. They cannot catch a break. 
Mm-hmm. You're like, you're kidding. Again? Again? Freaking again? <laughs> like, you did this, like, half a century ago. Give us a break. <laughs> Please stop. So, the castle is now in the care of the Historic Environment Scotland. Is, um, and it's Scotland's second... Hold on. It's Scotland's most and the United Kingdom's second most visited paid tourist attraction, with over 2.2 million million visitors in 2019, and over 70% of leisure visitors to Edinburgh visiting the castle. So when they go there, over 70% see it. Because it's like smack dab, like, you can see it. It's there. Like, you kind of have to. Mm -hmm. It's huge, too. Mm -hmm. Like, the photos of it are so freaking cool. Because it's like, I'll just start this next thing i'm really not good at moving on but it stands on top of the plug of an extinct volcano oh (coughs) yeah so it's up there i'm dying everyone um but the volcano was estimated to have risen about 350 million years ago during the carbon and i can't say that i figured out the word earlier it's just an old rock volcano okay um the castle rock is the remains of a volcanic pipe which cut through the surrounding sedimentary rock before cooling from a very hard dolerite a type of basalt i yeah (laughs) subsequent glacial erosion was resisted by the rock which protected it and left like all that formation stuff okay so basically um the rock sits there, and then it hardened, and so the rest of it sloughed off, which is why it's now, like, a cliff face. Okay, so it was also, like, they built it there for protection as well. Yeah. Because it's a raised surface. Mm-hmm. It's, like, there's cliffs around it. It makes sense. Even though they've been sieged so many times, apparently. That also makes it hard to get out of, though, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, that's basically all the history I wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. You can go look into it further if you want, because... There's stuff on it. So now I'm going to get into the ghost stories. Yes. Um, I found the ghost stories on mymacabroadtrip.com. <laughs> Beautiful. So that's where I got all this information from. Except for the last one that I'll share. Yeah. So the first one is the Lone Piper Boy. Um, there are stories that tunnels lie beneath Edinburgh Castle... One in particular is said to extend the length of the Royal Mile and exit at the Palace of Holyrod. The tunnel is believed to be haunted by a lone piper, a small boy who disappeared near the Tron Kirk while helping map out the underground passageway. So you can walk past the Tron Kirk on the Road Mile today and you may have caught the faint whisper of a lone set of bagpipes playing underneath the street. You can hear bagpipes. (laughs) From under the street? Mm-hmm, and I'm going to tell you why. That is spooky. For beneath the cobbles, a lone piper plays a small boy, the only person small enough to fit between the walls and the tunnels and not get stuck. Oh. So, um, early safety... Who left pre- him down there? Yeah. Um, so early safety precautions were put into place. The boy was to play the bagpipes as loud as he could as he stepped into the darkness. Um... So that way they could keep an eye on him and hear where it's going because no one else could fit through there but okay. a little kid. So they were listening to the sound of him playing and tracking him under the streets. Like, where does this tunnel mm-hmm. go? Um, that was until the pipe suddenly stopped playing. Oh, poor buddy. Yeah. Um, so for days they searched for the small boy and his pipes. So they were really reluctant to call off the search because he's a little boy mm-hmm. that they'd all sent in there with a bagpipe. Uh-huh. I think here you'll be fine. Yeah. But eventually the city council ordered that the entrance to the tunnel be sealed with bricks. No trace of the boy has ever been found. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That is so sad. It's so sad. I wonder if he just, like, suffocated. I have no that's idea. Not a, that's not a lot of air down there, I would assume. Probably, yeah. Maybe he just passed out and... And, like, didn't wake up yeah or did it collapse like no one knows because he's the only one small enough to get back there that's crazy 
They sent another little kid after him. <laughs> they <laughs> sent five kids after him. That's horrible. Keep going until they map it out to the How cliff. How do people get away with stuff like this? You don't. <laughs> why, why did children not have rights? They do have, um... A Piper Boy is commemorated each year at the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo when the lone Piper stands on the ramparts of the Edinburgh Castle. That's cute. So they do make sure, like, they held, held, hold, held, hold. Y'all, I'm sorry. Hold these ceremonies, um, and then you can remember the little Piper Boy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you hear bagpipes underneath at all at any point, it's a ghost. That's so Cause, crazy, because it's sealed. Yeah, it's a sealed tunnel under the Edinburgh Castle. And it's a tiny tunnel. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I have another sad little boy story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, this one's called the Headless Drummer Boy. Woof. Yeah. The Headless Drummer Boy of Edinburgh Castle was last sighted by servants in the central courtyard in 1650. A few months later, the castle was attacked by the Cromwell's army. It is said that the drummer boy can still be heard by beating his drum around the castle's ramparts. If he's seen again, legend says that the castle will once again be under attack. No one knows who the headless body of the boy drummer belongs to, and although this ghostly apparition hasn't been seen for over 370 years, that's not to say he's been forgotten altogether. It's said that when the living have left the castle, when the tourists have gone back to the hustle and bustle of the Royal Mile, and the staff close the site for the night, you can still hear the drum. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Spooky. There's so many instruments. Yeah. They just love giving children instruments. I'll catch my breath. I was sitting weird. Okay. This next one's about the Grey Lady. She's believed to be Janet Douglas, Lady of Glamis. I've heard of this. You have? I've heard of the Grey Lady. She's in two locations. Spoiler alert. Oh! Yeah. She's a transporting, teleporting ghost. Which is what I'm gonna do when I'm a ghost in the afterlife. You're just gonna go around. Yeah, I'll meet you there. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) What if you just add yourself to one of the famous haunts? You can, like, pretend like you live there. I would live for that. As long as it wasn't, like, demonically haunted. Yeah. Not, not like Sally House. No. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I would go to a mine, start, like, flicking rocks down tunnels, you know. We could have done Sally House. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) We progress. We move on. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, she does appear in two locations in Scotland. Janet Douglas, Lady of Glamis, was burned at the stake on Castle Hill, 17th of July, 1537, on a false accusation of witchcraft and treason. Well, that sucks. Yeah. That's a bad way to go. Yeah. Following her death, a gray lady believed to be Janet was seen wandering through the castle hallways. Janet also haunts Glamis Castle as the lady, the gray lady of Glamis wandering through the family chapel and clock tower. Because I've heard of her before because I was that weird child who watched Travel Channel in their free time. And they have, like, a whole special on haunted castles. Mm. And that's where I remember hearing about her, mm-hmm. specifically. Because it used to freak me out. It, um, it reminds me of the... It reminds me of a Harry Potter ghost. Yeah, the Grey Lady. That's mm-hmm. a good name. That's a Harry Potter ghost. Yeah. No offense to her. Not taken, I'm sure. <laughs> um, in the summer of that year, when the final accusations of witchcraft and treason were being brought against her, her family and servants would be tortured by the hands of King James. Jeez. Her servants eventually cracked, giving false evidence against her. Which, like, I'm sure she doesn't hold against them, because, like... No, they were literally tortured. He would have killed anyone and anything, just to oh, say 100%. that she was a witch. People were bored back then. They needed hobbies. They picked fights for fun. They literally just killed people because they were bored. Yeah. I'm, like, clutching my pearls as I'm telling you this are. story. <laughs> I'll just... Also, I'm wearing a Care Bears t-shirt, so I'm it's clutching really the Care Bears. Ad- it's really adding to it. Yeah. Um, so, after being falsely accused of poisoning her first husband, John Lyon, 6th Lord of Glamis in 1528, as well as being a suspect of plotting against the then King James the Fifth. Janet would be tormented and suspected of treason for most of her life 
until she'd be burned at the stake. Her 16-year-old for her 16-year-old son forced to watch. Jeez. Okay. So, although executed at Edinburgh Castle, and despite there having been rumored sightings of the Grey Lady walking through the halls, it's at Glamis Castle in Angus where Janet was the most active. Um, known affectionately as the Grey Lady of Glamis, Janet Douglas haunts two locations within Glamis Castle, often found kneeling in the castle's chapel. The family had reserved a permanent seat for her, which even today, no one is allowed to use. So it's, like, blocked off. Wow. It's still her spot, which I would love for that to happen for me. Um, yeah, that's a really good way to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Her spirit has also been witnessed in the turret around the castle's clock tower, where some have seen her suffering in the flames. Jeez. Not ideal. No, out of all the apparitions you could see, that's arguably one of the worst. Yeah. Like, no thanks. No thank you. This one is about a dog. Ow! The Black Dog or Ghost Hound. If you've been to Edinburgh Castle, you know that there's a wee cemetery. She said wee. Within the walls. <laughs> especially for the soldiers' pets and military ascots. That's adorable. Mm-hmm. I love a little ghost pup. It's number 33 on the HES 3D model mentioned above. You can find it on the website. Mm-hmm. And it also makes an appearance in my, um, in her blog. And everything's linked on the website, so you mm-hmm. can find it there. Again, it's my macabre something. I'll go back, I'll find it. MyMacabreRoadTrip.com, so you can find it all there. Um, so reports of a black, or maybe even white, dog have been associated with the pet cemetery at the castle. The dog is either seen or heard... With and around the cemetery, and is thought to be one of many dogs buried within the walls. With names like Fido, Topsy, Yum Yum, Jip. Um, so basically, <laughs> take your pick, and that's the name. Yeah. The, um, so it's like told often, but basically, he's just a little pup that runs around. Cute. I love that form. I wonder if it was an Irish wolfhound. Those Aww. are huge. This is Scotland, though. Scott Scottish Terrier. Yeah, one of those. I love those. Are those schnauzers? Is that the same thing? I don't know. I just know because Those are Scottish. My um the people I used to babysit used to have one and he was so handsome. We can we can imagine it as one of those cuz they are so cute. They're precious. He's got like a little beard. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think we're on the same page. Okay, okay. Um so on the last one I have. He's called the Unlucky Prisoner. Woof. Because he really is unlucky in this one. So, like I mentioned, it's for military and stuff. They also had, like, dungeons, what have you, prisons. So this guy wanted to escape because he's in prison. So you yeah. have time to think about it. Um, So he jumped into a dung barrel. That's not an ideal. I don't know if it was human or horse. Either way. Either way, not ideal. No. So, he, like, sat there and he waited and waited and waited. He's like, no one's gonna check in here. He was right. No one checked in there. So, he got out, but little did he know what they did with the dung barrels. They didn't dispose of them and ride them out of town. They just threw them over the wall. You know, the cliff wall. Yeah. So, he fell to his death. And I assume there was not a moat Nope, it's down, and then, so if you're looking at the cliffside where he fell, um, it just goes down, and then there's more of Edinburgh. Like, it's not, like, a super high cliff. Oh, okay. Like, it is really high, but it's not, like... It doesn't go into, like, the sea. Correct. It just, there's more land underneath of it, because the volcano stuff slid, and so it's just, like, a thoop. That's not a great plan. No. So, they threw him over, and he died in the dung barrel, because his neck broke. That's a bad way to go. Yeah. Hence, unlucky prisoner. Um, yeah. So, you know this ghost is haunting, um, because you'll stand at the edge and, like, you can look out, because, like, there's, like, stuff down there. It's Mm -hmm. green, because it's Scotland. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll smell 
dung Gross. and he's been known to push people <gasps> not off but you feel a push like if you're looking out and he'll go boop. oh so interesting yeah. Th- those are the hauntings of the edinburgh castle wow Spooky. i like the dog the dog was my favorite. I was like, I was typing it. I'm like, Emily's gonna love this. Yeah, it's a good time. Because <laughs> I'm just envisioning it as a schnauzer now. And they walk oh. so funny. So cute and precious. Okay, I'm gonna rearrange myself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, my turn. Um, I am talking about another serial killer. I usually don't. This is a lot for me, in well, a row especially. And I don't know who you picked this week. Very so true. So, I'm excited. So, my thought process with this was, serial killers are often called monsters. hmm So, I was like, okay, let's think of one who was often regarded and called a monster. And this particular serial killer, there was a documentary or a movie called Monster About Them. Okay. So, we're going to be talking about... Aileen Warros, Warnos, I think that's how you pronounce it, Warnos? I'm, like, scanning my brain, like, the name sounds familiar, but I don't remember off the top of my head. It'll come back to you. Okay. As I start reading. Okay. So, trigger warning for this one, there is a lot of mention of SA. Okay. So, if that's something you're sensitive to, maybe skip this part and just listen to the castle. Thank you for the warnings. Yes. Much appreciated. After a childhood of abuse and abandonment, Aileen Warnos went on a killing rampage that left at least seven men dead across Florida in 1989 and 1990. I think I know what this one is. I know you do. Okay. She's really famous. She's regarded as America's first female serial killer. Yep. Okay. Which, these murders happened in 1990. Which is a pretty darn tootin' long time. Uh, America's first serial killer in general, H.H. Holmes, that was back in the 1800s. Like, I know there have been, like, women killers before, but they're typically not serial killers. Mm -mm. Not usually. Or they're good enough to not get caught. So. Yeah. So, this this is a really interesting case, but we're gonna be very polite about this. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. In 2002, the state of Florida executed the 10th woman to ever receive the death penalty in the United States since the 1976 resignment of capital reinstatement, sorry, of capital punishment. That woman's name was Aileen Warnos, a former sex worker who had killed seven men she picked up while working the highways of Florida in 1989 and 1990. Her life later became the subject of screenplays, stage productions, and multiple documentaries, as well as the basis for the 2003 movie, Monster. Mm. These take on the story of Aileen Warnos, revealed a woman who proved capable of murder again and again, while also revealing just how tragic her own life was. So we're going to get into it. So we're going to go through her early life. Like, everything. We're going to get into it. All right, here we go. Strap in. Strap in, folks. I usually don't do this. Seatbelt. If a psychologist was challenged to invent a childhood that would predictably produce a serial killer, Warnos' life would have been it to the last detail. And when I read that during this research, I was like, say what? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) And then I went through it, and I was like, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. To a T, which is incredibly sad. So, Aileen found prostitution early in life, trading sexual favors at her elementary school for cigarettes and other treats at age 11. Of course, what? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, she didn't just pick up this habit on her own. No, it had to be learned. Yeah. 11. Elementary school. I was still playing with Littlest Pet Shops at 11. So, if we think about that for a moment, like, uh, this is not going to produce a healthy person. No. Early life is crucial for development. Like, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. There is no mystery in my mind of why she turned out to be the way she was. No. 
anyway i'm still just appalled that's all oh 100 percent Warnos's father a convicted sex offender was out of the picture before she was born and ended up hanging himself in prison cell when she was 13 years old so from the time she was born he was in prison and then he killed himself in prison when she was 13 okay her mother a finnish immigrant had already abandoned her at that point leaving her in the care of her paternal grandparents less than a year after her father's committed suicide her father committed suicide Warnos's grandmother died of liver failure. Meanwhile, her grandfather had been, according to her later account, beating and essaying her for several years. Mm. So, again, she had to learn it from somewhere. Yeah. And when you're a kid and that's happening to you from the person who's supposed to take care of you, you think it's okay. Well, you don't know any different. Yeah. Yeah. When Aileen was 15 years old, she dropped out of school to have her grandfather's friend's baby at home for unwed mothers. So, like, very sad. Oh, dear. Having af- However, after having the child, she and her grandfather finally had it out in a domestic incident, and Warnos was left to live in the woods outside of Troy, Michigan. Very cold. Mm-hmm. She then gave up her son for adoption and got by on prostitution and petty petty theft. That is just sad. It's really sad. I'm not justifying her by any means, but it's sad knowing no. that she was so little and going through all this. Just all of it makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, at the age of 20, Eileen tried to escape her life by hitchhiking to Florida and marrying a 69-year-old man named Louis Phil. She was 20. Once again, she was 20. Okay. Man, 69. Just want you to think about that for a moment. No, thanks. Yeah. Fell was a successful businessman who settled into a semi-retirement as the president of a yacht club. Ew. Which is funny. <laughs> um, Warnos moved in with him and immediately started getting into trouble with local law enforcement. She frequently left the home and she shared with Phil to carouse in a local bar where she often got into fights. She also abused Fell, who later claimed she beat him with his own cane. Very bad. Very bad, but it's kind of funny. A little bit. He's just like an old man knocking everybody over the head with canes. Yeah. Well, no, she hit him with his own oh, cane. Oh, I thought you meant he... Okay. No. She was like, take that, old man. Which is horrible, but... That's sad. Again, very much a learned behavior. Poor old guy. Yeah. So, eventually, her elderly husband got a restraining order against her, forcing her to return to Michigan to file for an annulment after just nine weeks of marriage. This did not last long. Is that shorter than Kim Kardashian's? Um, how long was she married for? I don't know, but this was just over two months. Okay. Unclear. I think hers was around two months. That's how I judge it, how long you've been married if you outlast Kim Kardashian's marriage. Like, so if you're married for a year, you're doing pretty good? Yeah. Okay. For celebrities and for serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> for troubled folks. Yeah. Peace and love. <laughs> around this time, her brother, with whom she had an incestuous relationship... Ew. I don't know why that was added in here. I'm sorry. That's okay. Suddenly died of cancer. She collected his $10,000 life insurance policy, used some of that money to cover a fine for a DUI, and bought a luxury car. Then she crashed it while driving under the influence. Hmm. Hilarious. Yeah, that's what you get, man. Also, don't drive under the influence. Don't. It's bad. bad. That's stupid. Uh, when the money ran out, she returned to Florida and started getting arrested for theft again. She briefly did time for an armed robbery, which she stole $35 and some cigarettes. Working as a prostitute again, she was arrested in 1986 when one of her customers told the police she had pulled a gun on him in the car and demanded money. Oh. In 1987, she moved in with a hotel maid named Tyra Moore. A woman who would become her lover and partner in crime. So, this is when her killing rampage began. I figured it was getting close. Yeah. I usually don't go into that much early life, but I felt like it was important for this. That was important. You have to know what... And there's a lot of criminal background there. Where she learned things. Yeah. 
So she told conflict, conflicting stories about her murders. Sometimes she claimed to have been the victim of SA or attempted SA with every single one of the men she killed. Other times she admitted she was trying to rob them. Depending on who she was talking to, her story changed. So we don't really know the exact motive mm-hmm. if she was just killing them to rob them or if they were essaying her. Okay. Which it does prove, like, I do want to mention here that sex workers can be essayed. Yeah, that you is can. the thing that can anything happen. not consensual is essay. Yeah. And which is ridiculous because they're selling it. Just, just, just like, buy it. Yeah, and don't step out of line, you sick wad. Like, I'll beat you to a pulp. There's no reason. No. There's no reason for SA ever. No. Anyway, it just makes me mad. Like, every person, no matter what their job is, deserves respect. People deserve respect. And they deserve to be... Yes. Safe. Yeah. Anyway. People also don't deserve to die, though. I will say that. But... Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we move on. As it happens, her first victim, Richard Mallory, actually was a convicted rapist. Oh. She rid the world of rid the world of a plague. Yeah. Okay. I feel fine about this one. Yeah. Could be worse. Yeah. He was 51 years old and had finished his prison term years earlier. When he met Wernos in November of 1989, he was running an electronics store in Clearwater. Wernos shot him several times and dumped him in the woods before ditching his car. In May of 1990, Aileen Wernos killed 43-year-old Davis Spears by shooting him six times and stripping his corpse naked. Five days after Spears' body was discovered, police found the remains of 40-year-old Charles Carskaden, it's a very hard last name, I apologize, um, who had been shot nine times and tossed onto the side of the road. On June 30th, 1990, 65-year-old Peter Symes, Symes disappeared on a, row, on a drive from Florida to Arkansas. Witnesses later claimed to have seen two women matching, the, matching Moore and Warnos' descriptions driving his vehicle. Moore was her lover. Mm-hmm. Just as a reminder. So, Warnos' fingerprints were later recovered from that car and several of Simons' perf- personal effects that had been turned up in local pawn shops. Warnos and Moore went on to kill three more men before Aileen was picked up on a warrant after yet another fight in a biker bar in Valenza <laughs> County, Florida. Uh-huh. Kind of funny. Um, well, yeah. Moore had left her by this time, returning to Pennsylvania, where police apprehended her the day after Aileen was captured. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm going to take a big deep breath. That was going to fall. That was a big spider. <laughs> yeah, it dropped. Um, also, my mom's doing dishes right now. So. It's okay. One day I'll have us. Maybe t- this year's the year. I think it's my exciting podcast. We had to do something cool. Yeah, like filming a new house. Be cool. <laughs> it didn't take long for Moore to flip on Warnos. In the days immediately following her arrest, Moore was back in Florida, staying at a motel the police had rented for her. There she made calls to Warnos in an attempt to elicit a confession that could be used against her. And these calls more acted up a storm, pretending to be frightened that the police would pin all the blame on her for the murders. She would beg Aileen to go over the story with her again, step by step, in order to get their story straight. After four days of repeated phone calls, Aileen Warnos confessed to several of the murders but insisted over the phone that the killings more hadn't known about were all attempted rapes. Authorities now had what they needed to arrest Aileen Warnos for murder. Warnos spent all of 1991 in jail waiting for her trials to start. During that time, Moore was fully cooperating with prosecutors in exchange for full immunity. She and Aileen Warnos often talked by phone, and Warnos knew in general terms that her lover had turned as a witness for the state. If anything, Warnos seemed to welcome it. Okay. So she wasn't too upset that her lover had turned on her. That's weird. 
Very interesting. Um, as rough as life had been for her outside of the prison, she seemed to be having a harder time inside. She, as she sat in confinement, Warnos gradually came to believe that her food had been spat in or otherwise contaminated. Ew. Um, and she repeatedly went on hunger strikes as she refused to eat meals prepared while various individuals were present in the jail's kitchens. Honestly, that's fair. If you think something sus is going on, I'm not gonna eat it. Yeah, but it kind of just goes to show, like, how, how paranoid she was at this time. So her statements to the court and her own legal counsel became increasingly unhinged, and many references to jail staff and other inmates she believed were plotting against her. Okay, that's too far. Something's going on. Yeah. Um, like many disturbed defendants, she petitioned to the court to fire her lawyer and let her represent herself. The court actually agreed to this. Oh, no. Which left her unprepared and and unable to cope with the inevitable blizzard of paperwork that seven murder murder trials involve. Mm -hmm. Wow. I stumbled through that. It's okay. We got there. Never represent yourself. Unless you're a really good lawyer, even then, don't represent yourself. It never goes well. So she went on trial for the murder of Richard Mallory on January 16, 1992, and was convicted two weeks later. The sentence was death. Around a month later, she pleaded no contacts to contest mm-hmm. to three more murders, for which the sentences were also death. In June of 1992, Warnos pleaded guilty to the murder of Charles... It's the hard last name, I'm sorry. It was given yet another death sentence in November for the crime. The gears of death turned slowly in America capital cases. Ten years after the first after first being sentenced to die, Warnos was still on Florida's death road and degrading fast. Hmm. Was she just paranoid and not eating and just Yeah, I'm probably Okay. Like mentally deteriorating, I would assume. It is prison, so yeah, so during her trial, she was actually diagnosed as a psychopath and with borderline personality disorder. Okay, that would add up. Yeah, so for those who don't know, borderline personality disorder was earlier referred to as um, multiple personality disorder. And so that the only way that can happen is if the most horrific things happen to you in childhood. That's the only way. That Isn't can happen. borderline the one, though, where you have, like, really intense emotions and then you'll just switch? That's bipolar. Okay. Because I thought they were kind of overlapping a little bit, but I wasn't sure. It, I will say that, like, you might switch to different alters when your emotions are high. Mm-hmm. Because some alters for, are there as protectors. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, but I just wanted to reiterate that, like, her childhood literally had to be horrible for that to yeah. be a thing. Yeah. It's really bad. So. But not saying that everyone who has that is a serial killer murderer person. No, absolutely not. A lot of them are not Most violent of at all. them. But the fact that she was also a psychopath, which is very, very rare for for women, mm-hmm. is crazy. And it also makes sense well, for her crimes. They don't have any empathy. Yeah. And if she didn't, like have the help she needed it never would have no she didn't have any infrastructure in her life she didn't have any people yeah she was not set up for success again not excusing it no 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 it's just that's the way it was for her in her situation Mm -hmm. and there's so many people who are set up for failure in life and they end up going to do amazing things there's still good people yeah 100 percent. not serial killers so, her diagnoses were not strictly relevant to her crimes, at least it was ruled as such, mm-hmm. um, but it did present the bedrock instability that let Warnos go around the bend from her prison cell. So, I think she, that means that she was put into solitary. Okay. Which, Which I don't know is better or worse for her. I, I don't think it would have been safe to have her around other people. For sure. I don't, like, I think she was a harm to other people. 
So she, in 2001, she directly petitioned the court to ask for her sentence to be hurried along. Aw. Which is really sad. That is sad. Citing abuse and inhumane living conditions, she also claimed her body was being attacked by a sonic weapon of some kind. Very sad. Like, she's definitely going through a psychotic break. Yeah. Or degrading otherwise somehow. It just makes me really sad. That is sad. Uh, she also claimed her body... Oh, sorry. Her court-appointed lawyer tried to argue that she was irrational, but she wouldn't go along with the defense. Not only did she confess again to the slings, but she also sent this to the court as a document for the record. I'm so sick of hearing that she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and will kill again. Okay. She's a psychopath. Yeah, she is. Like, like actually, textbook, though. Yeah. Textbook psychopath. On June 6, 2002, she got her wish. She was put to death at 9.47 p.m. that day. During her last interview, she was quoted as saying, I just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th. What? Like the movie, Big Mothership and all, I'll be back. She was put to death on June 6th and she said she'd be back June 6th. I don't know what that means. Anyway, so all that research came from all things interesting if you want to see that <laughs> so why I specifically wanted to talk about serial killers and like her in general she's highly so people either say that she's a monster mm -hmm. or what she did was completely justified because she said all these men essayed her do I believe that some of them may have done that yeah I do because all she known from men in her life previous to that was abuse in essay mm -hmm. and it makes sense why she would have so much rage against them to kill them for that yeah i don't think and these were definitely rage killings all of them were shot like five to nine times i don't think anyone deserves to be murdered no so it's not like i'm just saying it's yeah plausible do i think all of them were essay i don't think so i think she was also very desperate for money mm-hmm and confused, probably. And doesn't have any empathy for human life. Yeah. So. So. It's interesting because people will also call her a monster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she was essayed, wouldn't he be a monster, too? Yeah. They find under, each other. Under those like pretenses i guess mm -hmm. under those judgments if you will yeah so they're in the same group yeah that's only if they I'm actually did no no i'm not victim blaming and no because no one deserves to get murdered it's just something that like you kind of have to talk about with this case because people kind of put her on a pedestal of being like for women mm -hmm. and it's like no friends we don't kill people as no. much as we don't like them. And also, we don't know for sure. No. Especially with her past. It's really hard mm -hmm. to know for sure. So, something that I do want to bring up is I don't really believe in calling people monsters, no matter what they did. Okay. And here's why. So, I took a class in high school called uh, Holocaust Studies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was we went into the psychology that had, that was, like, behind the Holocaust. Like, how could people do this to other people? Mm -hmm. It's something you have to ask when you study the Holocaust. Yeah. And a lot of people called the Nazis monsters. They called Hitler a monster. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. So, when I ask you, like, how do people do that to other people? Mm -hmm. It's because they dehumanize them. So that it was easier for them to kill them. Yeah. That was the only way they, they could do that. They for referred sure. to them as numbers. They stripped away everything that made them human. Mm-hmm. And that's how they did that. So. The Nazis, for sure. Like, lower grade. Like, they're all bad people. Don't get me wrong. Oh, 100%. I personally would consider Hitler a monster. That's just my own personal yeah. opinion. Because I think he's the scum of the earth. 
100%. Same with, like, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, anyone who does that yeah. and doesn't... I personally consider them monsters. Yeah, that's Because totally they fine. had no rhyme or reason to it. It's like, mm-hmm. bruh. So after we learned all that in class, we talked about why, you know, like, how we call the Nazis monsters a lot mm-hmm. of the time. And it's because we want to separate ourselves from them because we don't want to believe that humans could do that. So we call them a monster to dehumanize them interesting it's very interesting psychology so that's one of the reasons i don't like necessarily calling people a monster in a very serious sense Mm -hmm. because it makes me feel like i'm no better than them i can see that by dehumanizing them because like if we're ever going to get better we have to admit that like humanity can be dark and terrible and horrible Mm -hmm. but it can also be really good yeah so, it's just one of those things where with serial killers, we have to be careful about how we talk about them. Mm-hmm. While, like, Aileen is either regarded as the savior of women. No. Which she's not. Or she's regarded as a monster, which she's not. She was a very troubled individual who needed serious help. Mm-hmm. And she didn't get that. Yeah. And people lost their lives because of that. And does she also have to take responsibility for those crimes absolutely absolutely yeah not a good not a good scenario though just don't kill people don't 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 be nice to everyone um hitler is a monster though i'll let you have that one thank you he's the worst person ever okay there's a lot of worst people ever but it's just yeah he was a really special type of evil yeah yeah. Like, I just thought we had... It was a good opportunity to touch on how we talk about serial killers and how mm-hmm. we think of them. Yeah. I just think they're um, bad choices. Most of the time, not good people either. They but should probably be in therapy, too. Therapy. Um, a hospital. Also, people stop abusing your kids. Knock it off. Knock just it knock off. it off. Stop. They're kids. I will give you a very strongly worded letter. And if you're that type of person, don't have kids. <laughs> exactly. Bye. <laughs> you don't need to multiply and replenish. Thank you. Please stop. Please stop. Anyway, that was a really heavy episode. Yeah. Maybe next week it won't be as heavy. We usually try to balance it. Yeah. When possible. Hopefully the ghost dog cheered everyone up. Remember him in your dog. hearts. Yes. Well, I... Hope y'all have a good rest of your week. Thank you for joining us. Once again, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Plug in your heating pads. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Goodbye.